hard feed. It's been a while. You're about to hear the fourth episode of our Patreon-only podcast. Okay, love you. Hi. Don't worry. You don't have to listen in order, but episode one is on our Riverdale feed. Episode two is on our The 100 feed, and episode three is on our Stranger Things feed, and we talk about Star Trek in all three episodes, and we promise more Star Trek content to come, so go and check it out. Uh, we're releasing the first five episodes on each of our five podcast feeds, so make sure you subscribe to all five of them so that you don't miss one. You can join our Patreon at the $10 tier to get access to this bi-weekly show, and along with early access at the $1 tier, and a Fictionado's Discord server is now available at the $2 level. If you join a higher level, you also get all the levels below it, so please check it out and enjoy episode four. Okay, love you, hi! This is a Patreon-only podcast from the Aficionados Podcast Network. If you're hearing this, you know who we are. I'm Robin. I'm Brittany. And I'm Sam. This podcast is a bi-weekly account of topics that we want to talk about. The first five episodes of this podcast will be going up a week later on our five various podcast feeds, so the first five episodes will have a slight theme to each podcast. After that, all bets are off and we get to talk about whatever we want. We use the acronym OKLY for this show, and as a Patreon sponsor over $2, go check out the Oakley section of our Discord server to talk to others about this show, and also all of our other ones. This episode is going up on our Star Trek feed, so we're going to be talking about Star Trek Discovery, and why Season 3 is a perfect season of television. Warning for spoilers for Season 3 of yeah. Discovery. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. uh-huh. All three seasons. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will still be sitting here, but I am going to bow out due to, like, you know, our Picard feed. At least I had seen the episodes, yeah. mm-hmm. so I could kind of talk about it. I haven't seen any of this, so <laughs> I am still sitting here, but this is Brittany and Sam's show today. Yeah, you can be the peanut gallery, which sure. is my favorite role to play in mm-hmm. the podcast. Right, so just like periodically, every like five-ish minutes, I'll just go, PEANUT! <laughs> <laughs> Please don't do that. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. But you uh, are a good facilitator, so you could go, and and how did that make you feel? Sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, Freaky Friday, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Just Jamie Lee Curtis it up. So this is why Disco is a, season three is the perfect season to us. Because, like, obviously, like, yeah. claiming this is a perfect season of television is obje- uh, subjective. Oh, for sure, for sure. Right, for sure. and you're not saying it is the perfect episode. You're just saying it's a perfect, or it's, it's, a, tr- it's a perfect it's season. It's a true chef's kiss yeah. of a season. It is one of the best seasons of Star Trek that I've seen. Oh, 100%. And I've seen a lot of Star Trek. I've seen many Star Trek seasons, I, I would say. Yeah. At least over a dozen. <laughs> like I, I think it's better a better season of Star Trek than all of old Trek, and I'll say that. That's such a big opinion to have. Well, it's more it's smaller, and it tells a whole story in one go. Like storytelling, storytelling has a, evolved. Uh huh. It's still smaller and tells a single story. I mean, oh, yeah, but the concept for season four of Voyager was a whole season of Year of Hell, and I would have loved that. Yeah, that um, would have been that yeah. would have been incredible. But that one is also good. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think like your big opinion is also like a correct opinion. Thank you. Um, it's definitely the best season of Disco because like oh, I yeah. didn't. This is I feel I, I guess this is a controversial opinion, but I'm not sure. I did not like the first season of Star Trek Discovery. I think the Klingons are so boring. <laughs> I didn't dislike the first season of Disco, but I think I benefited from the second season of Disco being out by the time that I watched the first mm-hmm. season of Disco. That I could just slide right into the next one, which is like a lot lighter and more fun than oh, the first yeah. season. Yeah. Because the, the first season went a little too hard in a in several directions of, like, grimdark mm-hmm. stuff. And then they didn't receive, like, the best feedback from that. And then they course corrected and made a, a fun a, season. excellent show. Yeah. And it continues to get better every season, in my opinion. 
And, like, I feel, personally, that that directly correlates to the smaller presence of the whole Klingon storyline. Because <laughs> that was not a strong storyline. <laughs> like, every time Ash Tyler came on screen, yeah. I made Sam fast forward through it because I hated him so much. <laughs> he, like, all of his screen time should have been Michael's screen time. Yeah. I did not, I, they could have done, like, some really interesting stuff with, like, his storyline because he was, like, a victim of assault and, like, this whole thing. Yeah! But they did didn't no and it made me uncomfortable yeah and uh it was a huge bummer and his 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 leaving the show was uh i think important to it getting better oh yeah especially because like michael's story was so chained down by like his whole thing and like i remember watching the first season part of the second season and being like why is michael's story always hinging on his like Mm -hmm. why is michael not her own character apart from freaking ash his story sort of became like a vortex and she got sucked into exactly. it. Exactly. And like she didn't get to be as much of a like compelling solo character as you want from her because like She's she was character. sucked in his story. Yeah. So then um, season two came along. But season two was there and then season three was there. Much better. Season three is so good. Season three is so good because instead of, like, torturing Michael, which is basically what they do for, like, the first two seasons, it's just, like, Michael crying all the time because Mm -hmm. she's being hurt constantly. In season three, they were like, what if we just let her do whatever the hell she wanted? And it was awesome! And season three, like, she goes through, like, challenges and, like, faces consequences for things and, like, does face difficult stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, season three is not, like, easy for her. She does, like, face challenges and things, but it's challenges that she like grows through Mm -hmm. and not just like constant suffering it's like stuff that all makes her stronger and makes her a better leader as she's going and facing these challenges and like facing a lot of introspection and like like finding like like improvement yeah, yeah and she like focuses on like figuring out who she is without Starfleet mm-hmm. and without like all those other like expectations impacts yeah. and expectations around her and it it finally like gets her ready to be captain by the end of the season which is like I feel like Michael was always ready to be captain <laughs> and like it took three seasons for Michael to be captain but I'm so glad that she is now I kind of like that that it took that long though because I don't know like if she was 100% ready like because she was very like reactionary I think especially in the first season Mm -hmm. but over the course of like especially season three I could you could have argued for her to be captain at the beginning of season three she could have been captain immediately yeah Yeah. because she has that out of the box thinking that like every other captain has Mm -hmm. and they were just like handed their captaincies right like especially like Kirk yeah. That oh, guy was insane. For sure. He should not have done half the crap that he did. No, no, no. He had a captaincy. <laughs> no, I, I'm just like, I like that, because wasn't it her choice at the beginning of the season not to be captain? Like, didn't she? I don't remember, Um, but someone who's listening is yelling at us to tell mm. us what the answer is. So whatever <laughs> you're saying, you're right. Thank you. Yep. Person on the internet. But I like I'm pretty sure there was like some choice there. Well, no, she no, she the- she accepted first officer. Yeah, and, and then, then she like, kinda blew that one. Yeah. But I support her in um everything that she No no, <laughs> no I, I, I that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. No, I'm like in my head I'm like, I know that Michael does things wrong, but Michael's never done anything wrong. No, for sure. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Michael is uh on her way to being my favorite captain. Yeah. I I just, I like what the first three seasons of Discovery did in having a different captain every season because it sort of gave you a the chance to like get to know more different styles people and like different styles of being a captain and different like it took on a different sort of 
perspective mm-hmm. than always being the captain's show because Michael yeah, it was Michael's show yeah. but it wasn't She's she wasn't captain, captain yeah. until now and I hope that like Michael becoming captain is sort of the end of the like one captain per season thing oh because like Which I, I would I would, captain, as- I would assume so like that it's the end of that yeah just because like Michael's been there the whole time and it's it feels like something that the whole show has been building towards mm-hmm. her becoming captain and I think it's a really cool it's really cool that we got to see like her journey there yeah yeah I agree with that. And with the fact that, like, while Saru was a perfect... He was a great captain. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, I feel like he never really wanted to be captain. Yeah. Like, he was really nervous the whole time, and so was Tilly. And I was just like, you need someone who, like, walks into that room and knows that that's their bridge. Well, the thing is, Saru as captain reminds me of, like, if we had ever seen Spock as captain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's extremely, like, analytical and, like, by the book mm-hmm. and, like, very... Logical. Logical. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's how he leads, which, yeah. is, which is good. And... I mean, like works. and needed in yeah. a lot of cases but it's very it's just different than mm-hmm. like what you expect a captain to be which I mean, is which is good though yeah like, there should be difference in variety and i think different people prefer also like different captain like styles uh-huh and like i think some people would prefer like saru's i like the more like emotional like balance that that Michael has because yeah. she has she has that logic because like she grew up on Vulcan, right? Yeah. But she also is like she's human. She'll so make she, her like, own decisions yeah. whether or not they're good ones. I I like that's my favorite kind of that's why I like Janeway so much. Like she knows the rules, which is why she chooses to break them. I was about to say the reason why Michael has like instantly climbed up my like list of favorite captains is because she has a lot of Janeway energy. So much Janeway energy, it's crazy. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, so why <laughs> the reason that we think season three is perfect is because we have watched other television shows. Uh-huh. That were bad. That yes, that's true. Um so we <laughs> we watched the hundred. Uh-huh. And we had a bad time. Yeah. And not the whole time though. The towards the okay, end it got So bad. in twenty twenty, season seven of the hundred aired and season three of Discovery aired. Yeah. And the whiplash yeah. from because when we were in the hundred fandom, like, you know, we got friendly with like the creators and like we you know, we did press coverage for conventions and stuff and we were told certain things and then were shown the opposite so we kind of just got to the point where we became very disenchanted with like the concept of of television and of trusting (laughs) stories from people who sort of lie to you Mm -hmm. so we i think me especially i didn't even watch season seven like it was like my favorite show and then i didn't watch season seven but i watched the finale and it was like parody levels bad yeah. And then you go over to, like, Discovery Season 3, and it's like, oh, okay, but you actually can trust people, and you can yeah. trust writers, because when a showrunner actually likes what they're making, mm-hmm. and actually has a good team with actors who like what they're doing, yeah. you get a, you get magic. Discovery Season 3, I cried watching every single episode, and, and, like, I love when a show can move me to tears. In a good way. In a good way. Like, yeah. I, I, it was, I was never, like, bad crying no. when I was watching Discovery, but I cried almost every episode at, like, something. Yeah. And... And it was always joyful. Yeah, it made yeah. me feel amazing. Like, the first episode when when Michael lands on the planet... I have seen and that, that like, so many times. that scream of joy it's when she's so like, good. there were other life signs on the planet and she's not alone. Ugh. was amazing. It's, like, it's so good. <laughs> I get chills just thinking yeah. about it. Like, there's so much love that goes into that show, and then it's made with love, and it's written with love, and so, like, you watch it, and the writers are telling you the whole time, like, we're gonna try so hard not to drop you, we're gonna try so hard not to disappoint you, and sometimes they might, Yeah. but the the intention is good. Yeah, and I feel like 
they, at least with what I've seen with, like, Discovery and Picard, is they, there are valid criticisms of Star Trek. 100%. Uh, absolutely. And, they and like, it should be. Like, it's not, like, when I say it's, season three is a perfect season of television, I, perfect is in quotes, because, like, It made us perfect, feel good. Yeah. Yeah. And there are always things to be critiqued, but I feel like the people making Discovery and the people making Picard and the people making Star Trek now are receptive of audience critique in a mm. way that a lot of shows aren't. Yeah. And, like, each season they, like, pivot they try based to do better. on what they've done before mm-hmm. and like how it was received by the audience and it's a very like positive symbiotic relationship yeah. uh, not you toxic like... disco fans you you go in the trash go away <laughs> I, toxic disco fans is a um oxymoron because like uh, yeah why are you here then <laughs> the, the one... what do you have against the bgs <laughs> The, the ones who, like, hate watch a show, I'm just like, oh my god, that's so sad for you. <laughs> that's such a weird hobby to have. Like, to me, it's just, like, it's a show where people are trying their damn best. Yeah. And I appreciate the effort, even mm-hmm. if the execution isn't always as smooth as it should be. Yeah. This season, I was so happy that they actually had, like, an entire, like, queer storyline and, like, characters. And, like, there were so, mm-hmm. there are so many queer characters in this season of Star Trek. There yeah. are more characters in this season of Star Trek that are queer than in all of Star Trek history. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. I'm so happy about it. <laughs> there was, like, the romance element as well in, like, the queer story ter- telling. Oh, yeah. Because there's Adira and Grey and their connection that they mm-hmm. have. But there's, it was also so much, like, found family which has always been an important part of disco in my mm-hmm. opinion is the found family element but like there's a particular experience when you're a queer person of creating your own family because mm-hmm. like not all blood families are accepting of queer people and it is an innate experience as a queer person to build your own family. yeah we gravitate towards each other because we all have the same shared experience yeah yeah and like we build a community mm-hmm. and our own little unit so it was nice to see that happen on disco that as well cool yeah yeah that was like one of the things that i was like really excited to see in star trek is because they've always done the found family but it's they've never had like this element to it Mm-hmm. So to have, like, Stamets and Colbert actually, like, act as the older, like, gay influences over, like, a young queer people is really cool. And, like, be that positive, mm-hmm. like, light. And so accepting. That they can, like, come towards. Yeah. I also think it's really cool that with the Trill storyline, they're actually using it in ways to explore, like, being trans and non-binary. Mm-hmm. Because it was always, it was always yeah. so... It was an allegory. It was there yeah. in, tr- in the Trill like stuff before but they they were never brave enough to like explore that Mm -hmm. and a lot of people will probably say like it it shouldn't even be a conversation in like 2092 uh i think this sort of thing's always going to be a conversation 2992 or whatever but it's it's good to like get there and take those like baby steps still too because like we hadn't in the past so like it's good to have that conversation and while also having established gay characters that aren't just talking about like struggling yeah and finding and you, their you can't identity. just write in a vacuum yeah like you can't write as if this isn't being shown in like 2020 2021 i was, yeah, I was, I was, I was gonna say the exact same thing i was like okay but you have to remember that this is a story and you're speaking to people exactly right. it's great to have gay characters where their whole story isn't about being gay and i i would argue that, that the awesome. whole story on star trek isn't about being gay it's just an element of yeah it. it's like um, there's a small exploration of adira's identity and going like hey i think i want to use like they them 
Yeah. And like, it's the smallest thing. And it's just, then it's like, okay. And I think it's so important that they did have that conversation on screen mm-hmm. because there are people watching Star Trek who may not understand using they, them pronouns for somebody, but they see it and they see Stamets and Nadira have this conversation and then they're like, oh, maybe I understand a little better yeah. than my like friend who is non-binary. Yeah. yeah, and I also think that that conversation is timeless, too. There are going to be people yeah. a million years in the future that still have to come out and still mm-hmm. have to tell people because mm-hmm. how are people just supposed to know that you go by they, them? You exactly. know, you have to say it. You have to yeah. have that conversation. You're always going to have to have that conversation. Yeah. yeah, so it's like if you normalize that conversation and you have it like happen and the person that you're talking to it not only accepts that as, yeah, all right, mm-hmm. but also like with love, yeah. It's just, I I don't see a downside to that. Yeah. And, like, the fact that all of those actors represent the communities that they're representing. Mm-hmm. Like, you also have, like, you know, Jet is just casually, like, a lesbian. Like, yeah. these things are really cool to see in Star Trek. This is my formal request for Jet Reno to get a love interest in season four. Uh, yes. <laughs> That would be great. Thank yeah. you so much. So, yeah, I loved that. That entire plot line was great, and I can't wait to see what, like, they do next. Yeah, me too. One of the other storylines that um, made me cry <laughs> was when the whole team, like, got behind Tilly being first officer mm-hmm. for Saru after um, Michael was demoted. Oh, my. Because I, I love Tilly, and I, Tilly's one of the characters that I relate to a lot. Yeah. And so it was, it's something that she's wanted since season one is to become captain and she's been an ensign the whole time yeah so it was nice to see her get to like try that on and like do it under saru as during his captain yeah it was like a really safe time to try it yeah you know, it was deeply unsafe at the same time but like saru's such a good captain that he's mm-hmm. like he'll gently he did gently guide her through these things exactly and you saw and like she got to handle like really big things like with osira and like the like that the whole, whole crime thing. syndicate yeah um <laughs> And, like, it was really cool to see her get to, like, explore that side of her career because it's something that she's always wanted. And, like, she's not ready to, like, take it on solo by herself yet, but you can see that she's going to be an amazing captain one day. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, and I like that she did all of that while being chubby. Yeah. Because I, too, am chubby. And I like seeing myself on Star Trek as not a parody, like a bullion. Yeah. It's, like, the only, like, fat people on Star Trek were usually, like, aliens mm-hmm. who, like, the joke was that they were fat. Like, let's be honest, the... The women that were on Star Trek shows in the 90s were, like, basically forced to starve themselves. Yeah, Jerry Ryan, like, passed out on set from how tight her corset was. Yeah. They treated them like objects. Yeah. So, like, to see someone... And, like, the more that Tilly's on screen and doing things and doing this while being a fat woman, Mm -hmm. it makes people so angry. And that fuels me as a person. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, look at her go! Look at what she's doing! Mm -hmm. Aren't you angry? Isn't that funny? It makes me so happy to, like, see body types like Tilly's and like uh Owo and like just yes, not, normal people not like well all people are normal people obviously but we yeah. don't get to see that on screen a lot yeah but not like stick not everyone in Starfleet is stick thin and like mm. you don't have to have an athletic like thin body type to be athletic and strong and like a capable officer like literally Lizzo gets on stage and plays the flute while right. dancing that's an athletic body she's exactly. just also fat exactly like, that's just how it is so 
So, like, getting to see that on Star Trek, also really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Next season, I really want to see more bridge crew yes. development. Because that's Disco's weakest part, is yeah. how underdeveloped the bridge crew is. Yeah. I would love, since Disco is the gayest Star Trek. Oh my god, please. I am dying for Owo and Detmer to be a couple. This is stupid. They're obviously in love with each other. Just... Just just pull the trigger. Like, it I'm can at, be the gayest Star Trek show. It already is. I'm at the point where I don't even need you to, like, I don't even need it to be, like, they fall in love in season four. I'm fine with them being an established relationship, and we just didn't know it until season four. Yeah, d- just just surprise me. Yeah. You know? I agree. The bridge crew needs to be more fleshed out. So, like, there are, like, four or five people out here that we need more in-depth Way more stories. personality with. <laughs> like, they all have, like, huge personalities, but they, uh, like... They don't know their backstory because yeah. we don't. Other like than, we, yeah, we learn stuff about Owo in like the finale. Yeah, of this, like that she's a different species. We even. always learn their backstories before they disappear, like Ariam and Nan. Like, yeah, I was like, I love these characters. Please don't give me their backstories and then make them disappear. Keep yeah. them. I am hopeful that because season four is like they're in a sort of established like timeline or timeline like, and yeah, like yeah, yeah. area of they're in a, they're they, in a established. They're, they're, they're at like where you would begin a different Star Trek show. Yeah. So they have the opportunity now to do more episodic storytelling instead of just constantly going in the like season long arcs, which or they're being very, very good by, at. Like, the or pre- being trapped yeah. by like whatever like concept the era is. Thing. Yeah. It just stopped working. So now I think they have the opportunity to do episodes where they give us like this is an Owo episode or this is a Detmer episode yes. or this is a Reese episode and like you get oh, no, Reese. their backstories and it like just fully fleshes out the show even yeah. more. Yeah, 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 yeah. One thing that I want to cover before like we forget mm-hmm. is how obsessed I am with Michael and Book. Thank you. Yes. Um, <laughs> They land like sh- like she runs into him, and the literal first thing I said is, "Oh, you guys should kiss." Yeah, and then they did. <laughs> I wasn't expecting to get several what episodes I w- later. Yeah, yeah, but I wasn't expecting to get what I wanted and to get to keep it because again trauma from other shows. Uh-huh. I just assumed that they would, like, kill off Book mm-hmm. and Michael wouldn't get to have a healthy relationship because, you know, a- even Ash himself, like, trauma. Mm-hmm. But they did it the healthy way. And he's, like, there and he's, like, supports her every step of the way. There's a huge contrast between Ash and Michael and Book and Michael because Book and Michael, like, grow together yeah. uh, both as individuals and as a couple. Mm-hmm. Whereas Michael and Ash were just, like, two black holes like, yeah. screaming at each other. And not in a good way. Yeah. And so, like, it's really fun to, like, have Michael have this, like, whole meet-cute episode, mm-hmm. basically, with Book, and then watch the two of them, like, grow in friendship, like, during the space of time that... Like, the, like, the year yeah. the year apart from the rest of the crew, and then, like, the build-up when, when the crew comes back, and, like, that whole balance and book is such a like well fleshed out character too like right from yeah you know who they, he is what he cares about like what his job is mm-hmm. and why michael likes him and why michael trusts him yeah and like you get an understanding of like his character like mm-hmm. as in the sense of like not character from a show but like character as a person yeah like like um, his morals and yeah, yeah just like instantly that he's a good person from the episode that he's introduced mm-hmm. on and then that continues throughout the whole 
season. It's also, like, really nice to see the show being helmed by, like, a black couple. Yeah. Because... Star, again, Star Trek hasn't really done that before. Like, of course we had Cisco, but Cisco didn't get to have his partner. Yeah. So, like, the fact that Michael and Book stayed together, grew together, are very healthy together, have crazy good chemistry, mm-hmm. and that, like, Book is, like, folding himself into Starfleet, not because he feels he has to, but because he's like, oh, I I may not believe everything about the Federation, but these people are, mm-hmm. like, doing what I believe in. Yeah. And, like, that's cool. Like, the crew of Discovery specifically aligns with his whole mission, which is just, like, making the galaxy a better place. Exactly. Which is really nice. <laughs> yeah. Also, he, he brought a cat, so... Oh, my God! <laughs> the fact that he killed a guy and, like... <laughs> for insulting his cat. <laughs> for insulting his cat is the single funniest thing I have ever seen. I want, in season four, for there to be a reveal that, that Grudge is actually a queen of a planet. I would love that. Like... But she chooses to hang out with Book. Yeah. That would that would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I, um... Everything about Book, I was just, like, so worried when we went to the finale. I was like, if Book dies, like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Like, <laughs> I know I'm gonna keep watching, but I'm being mad about it. And instead, like, he just has this amazing arc and he stays around and I was like, yeah! Exactly. Like, we were so scared in watching the finale, me and Emily, that something bad was going to happen to somebody and we were just gonna lose one of the characters that we've, yep. like, fallen in love with over the, like, last three seasons. But no... Star Trek we was like, didn't. I'm not that bitch. And uh, and they save the galaxy and they save a person and they like they focus on how important it is to like build a community and build connections mm-hmm. with people. And they solve the so burn, good. which I guess some people didn't like, but I thought it was awesome because I love that like the source of like a huge issue within the Federation was love. Mm-hmm. And like that the only solution for it was love. Like yeah. that's cool. Mm-hmm. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. And like overcoming grief through love is, mm-hmm. like, such a good through line through the whole thing. Yeah. Because, like, at the beginning of the season, everybody's lost. A little traumatized. Like, they've lost everyone else that they have ever known. Mm-hmm. And so, like, grief is a through line through yeah. the season that and how you can live with that and still have a full, happy life. Yeah. Can we talk about the most important part of the season? Which is? Voyager. <laughs> I mean... Yes, we can talk about did Voyager. Did you not see that coming? <laughs> so, Voyager not only becomes, like, a like, classic generational ship, Mm -hmm. but she is made again and again and again and again, much like an Enterprise. Uh Uh-huh. And the one that we meet is the Voyager J. I mean, come on now. (laughs) Come on now. They did that specifically for you. I think they did. They they hacked into your brain in the the deep night Uh and were like, how can we please Brittany... Because Janeway is iconic, but not, she can't live forever. Uh, so she wouldn't be here in the future. I mean, technically she can. She's a hologram now. I mean, she, okay, that's fair. I mean, Star Trek Prodigy coming sometime this year. <laughs> but they brought it in in such a really nice way that, like, yeah. like Voyager doesn't always get, like, it, Enterprise, uh, the, the yeah. Enterprise and, like, TNG and, like, the original series, like, that's, like, the Star Trek that you think Yeah, of, of course. So it's nice to see references to Voyager and DS9 come in. There's just they so don't much always, love for Voyager. Yeah, because they don't always, like, get that. No. You know? Like, I feel like at this point, DS9 is more left out than Voyager, because, like, for a lot of years, people, like, hated Voyager. Like, well, they Voyager also, was crapped on a lot. They also had, um, a ship named after Nog. Oh, yeah, that's in, right. Uh, when they, it's just, when they it, came in. It's nice to see that people still appreciate Voyager. <laughs> and that she is a super cute and cool ship, and that she lasted all those years, and it's, like, a testament to what a good show that was. It's really important because, like, what other ship has crossed 70,000 light years? <laughs> I guess the Discovery. <laughs> well, well, 
Not that anyone knew that. Also, it's just cool to see, like, all the new, like, ship designs and, like, how they upgraded Discovery once she, like, came through. I know. Ever, the, the detached nacelles was a hot topic of debate online. Mm-hmm. And all I have to say to that is, it looks cool, so who cares? Yeah. Like, I a also- lot of people really care about scientific specs. I am not that bitch. I If it looks cool, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I just liked that jumping into the future gave them the opportunity to, like, make it even more high-tech as a ship and mm-hmm. a show. Because, like, they're, before they were operating on a ship that was supposed to be made before the Enterprise, yeah. like, became a thing. There were a lot or, like, of restrictions. A, yeah. So they were really, like, tied down by being in that timeline. I'm and, so glad they, like, left that because, like, there was only so far they could go there. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Let's talk about Giorgio. Yeah. The other most important part. <laughs> my, one of my favorite parts my, of the whole season. My tier of this is like Book and Michael, Voyager, 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 Voyager Giorgio. Mine, Voyager a little lower on mine, but I, I respect I understand. You. I respect you. I understand. <laughs> um, I am kind of pissed because like Giorgio's ending was so perfect, but like it was supposed to be an ending that led to section 31. And now I don't know if they're making section 31. So like, when am I getting more Giorgio? I still don't understand why they wouldn't make section 31 because I they it's a perfect lead off to section 31. From what I've seen once they put Strange New Worlds into production they sort of dropped off on section 31 because Strange New Worlds I guess had more like marketability. So at this time I read a quote I think it was from Kurtzman that said there are no plans to put more Star Trek shows into production until the current ones end. And I was like but I want more Georgia. So don't quote me on that because they make a change their mind at any time but hello you have Michelle in Star Trek. Use her. Yeah, I I'm gonna choose not to listen to any of that. That's fine. <laughs> because as, I as still, is your right as my I'm wife. gonna continue manifesting it into existence until it's here with no Ash Tyler. With no Ash Tyler. Get out. Obviously. Please. I'm sorry, if you like Ash Tyler, that's fine. And if you relate to Ash Tyler, I'm very sorry. I personally do not like him. And I don't want him around. I didn't get that from the whole conversation we had earlier. I know! <laughs> It's shocking! But I'm gonna continue manifesting Section 31 into existence because I think that Michelle Yeoh as Giorgio is, like, one of the coolest characters that I've ever seen. Yeah. Period. And the Mirror Universe episodes from this season were, Mm -hmm. like, it was, like, what if we took a break and just explored what could be if she, like, had character development in the Mirror Universe? Come on, that's so cool. I think it was great. And, like, seeing her relationship with Michael grow over the course of the last three seasons, I thought it was really fantastic. And, like, having her have that glimpse into the Mirror Universe... Mm -hmm. To see how much being in the other universe has changed her. Mm -hmm. Because, like, she goes back here to this place that she's lived her whole life, except for the last two years, and she's not that person anymore at all. And she sees that that universe doesn't suit her anymore, and that way of life is not worth living because she's, like, she's still a bad bitch and she'll still stab you for looking at her. But she also has, like, a moral compass. But she has a moral compass and she sees, like, individuals have, like, value and, like, things that they can offer the world. And I think it's cool that she goes through that both with Michael and then also Saru Mm -hmm. in the in the mirror universe and I think it's just really neat that that's the story that they put her on this season they also like had her go on some like unsanctioned missions with Michael this season where they were like on the same page yeah of like rule breaking but for the greater good Mm -hmm. which I thought was really really cool and um just the way that they like lead up into 
into her farewell, I think is a perfect pivot, I guess, mm-hmm. to her going on to section 31. Yeah. Because, like, that's that's the whole setup is, like, that's where she's going is she's going back to the original timeline that we were in for Discovery so that she can be on se- in section 31 yeah. and, like, and put that part of Star Trek on the right path of, like, doing what sh- what can't be done by the book but, or, and, like, under but the doing rules, it, like, but doing right it way. with a moral compass. Yeah. And, like, it's, it's like, doing, um, it's like Robin Hood, but grittier. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it's... If you're gonna do something wrong, do it right. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I really, 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 really want Section 31. Me too. Because I, she was one of my favorite characters. I know! And I was, like, fine with her leaving Discovery, because that's just gonna be there. Exactly. So I'm, I, I want it. Yeah. And I hope that it happens. Me too. And I'm, I'm also delighted to see Strange New Worlds, because one of my favorite parts of Season 2 of Discovery was Pike and Number 1 mm-hmm. and Spock. Yeah. And, like, that whole trio is all of Strange New Worlds, so I think that will be super, super fun. What a great time to be a Star Trek fan. I know, right? What a time to be alive. It's like the second golden age of Star Trek, which I didn't think I'd ever see, because when I was a teenager and I got into Star Trek, it was during those years when there was was no new Star Trek. And it was, like, right after Nemesis, so no one wanted to touch it. Yeah, and I was like, well, I guess that's the end of Star Trek. No, it wasn't! (laughs) Just kidding! She's even better now when Janeway's back. It's fine. She's back. So, yeah, my one hot take, I do not like the new disco uniforms, but... I think willing to give them a shot. I think that they have already edited them. I think so in, too. In the trailer, like teaser bit yeah. that we got. I appreciate that they're I not agree. skin tight because it means that the actors yeah. can be comfortable in their clothing. Mm-hmm. The only part of the that I didn't like was the material. I don't but like I think that they changed that. I don't like that they're gray. Yeah, I don't think they're gray anymore, which is nice. <laughs> yeah, they're more like classic and bright and fun. Yeah, but I loved the um the Federation uniforms that they were wearing, like that mm-hmm. Admiral Vance had on. Like yeah. those were dope. Yeah, so I'm hoping that. I hope we also get to see more like costumes and stuff like outside of the uniforms yeah. and like and stuff like that. So I think that's really fun. And like see the crew in other outfits yeah. too. I think like always having to wear a uniform necessarily, like while important, like on the ship, is not necessarily like everywhere they go. Yeah, I'm a hope for a costume change. I, yeah, I love a good costume change. Yeah. yeah, I just I really enjoyed season three a lot because each episode had an element that just really moved me personally. It made whether you feel it good. was whether it was like like the kids like all coming and like hugging that tree that was still there at the academy oh, or yeah. like I just just like seeing them all grow and have these little moments as like friends and people and like moments of connection that were really important which was also like such an important through line of the season that like at the end of the finale they had that Gene Roddenberry quote about yeah. how we're all just people like seeking reaching for one another out yeah mm-hmm. seeking out other people and like building those connections which I think is one of Discovery's like strongest strongest suits Mm -hmm. is doing that and um i'm so excited to see where they keep going because it's quickly become like one of my favorite star trek shows yeah and like a lot of people voyager disco for me like a lot of people who critique disco are like mad at it for including new people and i think that's the dumbest reason to be mad at something ever because like you can and should critique disco but if it's because you think it impacts star trek's legacy no i'm saying i'm saying that people who don't have valid criticisms because they think it's bad because there are gay and black people on it (laughs) oh my god die in a fire (laughs) those people are terrible and incorrect 
Um, I argue with those people to get my own anger out. It's uh, my form of therapy. Yeah. I did tell one guy that everything that he was saying sounded like one long prolonged fart. And I <laughs> felt like that was one of the funniest things I ever said. Yeah. Thank you. I just, th- I just think that like because Discovery is so inclusive of queer people and people of color and like it's doing its best to like continue to be more inclusive. Uh, and embody and the values of Star Trek. And tell those stories. It's literally embodying the value of Star Trek of infinite diversity and infinite combinations. Like, and like what about that doesn't stick to people? And like it's so nice to be able to see people that look like us or people that look like our friends on mm-hmm. on TV yeah. and doing in the really show cool and things. universe that like we've loved for so long like uh, it's just nice to see that because it's a future that includes everyone and it makes it more it, it makes Star Trek even more accessible mm-hmm. to me because it's not it's not gatekept in the story yeah it's not just for like straight white people it's for yeah. and it would never was like yeah, it no. was never supposed to just be for straight white people but a lot of straight and our fellow white people sure like to think that it is. Oh God, it's that's just it's, it's so. Not. I don't. Star Trek doesn't belong to anyone. It's like that. What a boring way to live your life. <laughs> Yeah, so my, like, when I say, like, people who criticize, like, disco, I'm like, people who criticize disco who have actual, like, important things to say about representation or, like, yeah, yeah. storytelling, and like, you're valid. And, like, the ways that it, it's made huge strides for people of color and, like, queer people and, like, other minorities that it's, like, working on and being inclusive towards. But there are still flaws that, like, need to be critiqued from mm-hmm. those voices and like like I, I want a queer relationship between two women. Yeah, where like the fact like, that Jen is the only yet. queer woman and like she has and a dead wife, wife I'm dead. like, okay, and she's white, like right. okay. Like, they buried their gays just ahead of time. So yeah, know, literally, <laughs> literally I was like, oh, this sucks. So like it's great that they're like I am so grateful for the ways that Discovery is making strides and the season of television that I just watched that made me feel good every single mm-hmm. minute of watching it that has, in my opinion, infinite rewatchability. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. But there's still, like, so much to keep doing and I, I am excited for Star Trek to keep doing it. Yeah, never stop growing. Yeah. Yeah. So, you guys mentioned already a couple of things, but, like, what are your wishes for season four? I wanna go on Voyager real bad. <laughs> Brittany wants to see Voyager, which is a good, uh, I think that's, I, I think feel that like, would be really cute. To I feel just, like it's like, a really good expectation. The legacy of, like, yeah. whoever's captain on. You don't have to tell me what wound up happening to Janeway, but I want to see Voyager. Sure. You know. I like that. I want to see how much of her, like, changed. I, um, am really, really, really excited to see Captain Michael and everything that she does in the captain's chair. Let's fly, by the way. Such a good. So good. Honestly, probably, probably the, best the best captain's phrase. No, like, it is, though. Yeah. It's so much better than engaged. Sorry, Picard. <laughs> so I'm really excited to see Michael, but I'm also really excited, like you said, to see more of the bridge crew mm-hmm. and learn more about them. Because, like, I've loved, I love the characters that we have, like, built-in backstory as well, but I also love these other characters that I only know like little the bits tiny and pieces about. Yeah. So I want to see more of that and I want to see more episodic adventures because like I do mm-hmm. it as a piece of the like overall story arc because I like the way that storytelling has evolved but I would like to see it continue to evolve to include both of those yeah. sort of types of episodes because Which I think like they did with the mirror stuff I think they did that quite well. Where yeah. It was like okay we can have like a little arc here but yeah it was you're right. That yeah. would be great. It would be nice to see like oh we have to go fix this planet because they have something funky going <laughs> yeah, like they did in books episode where they did like whole of books backstory that worked yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. I also really.
really want to see more of my clone book. Thank you. Oh, yes. Thank definitely. Thank One you. of my, like, top five Star Trek ships. Fully. <laughs> it's just that they had instant chemistry. And they really um, do. That's like, all I need. It's fantastic. Yeah. Also, just more book in general, because he's he's great. Um, More Adira and Grey as well. Yes. Obsessed with them and how friggin' cute they are. Also, I want to see Grey get a body! I'm excited to, like, see how they try and figure out to, like, bring him into a body. And, yeah. Like, so he's not just in Adira's head. That's... I mean, the doctor's mobile emitter came from the 29th century. Yep. Get Grey a mobile emitter! Boom! That's... I don't see a problem. Well, that's... Well, the thing is, he's not... He's not being projected from anywhere. But it worked on the planet where he became a hologram. So, like... It's true. We shall see. I would see. like to see that, like, that bridge, that, like, link there. Yeah. That would be really cool. I would like that. Yeah. I think that's all. I think we're kind of, like... We've covered what we wanted to cover. I do want to give a recommendation that if you want to hear Black Voices talk about Michael and, like, the whole of Discovery, mm-hmm. listen to Black Alert Pod. It's um, so good. It's amazing. So, like, just, like, as a general recommendation... Go listen to that podcast. Yeah. They also do interviews with the actors. They have so many great interviews. It's so cool. Yeah. So please go listen to that podcast. Listen to our Picard podcast. Yeah, check out we the did Picard podcast. Season one of Picard. Um, like you're probably Finding already. out that Seven of Nine was gay was one of the most important things that's ever happened to me. Yeah. So go listen to that. Season one of Picard is a delight. I'm excited for season two of that as well. Yeah, they're shooting two and three back to back right now. I heard. When someone, when John Delancey was just like, oops. You're like, hi. And I was like, <laughs> good. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that uh, that is our opinions on why Disco is a perfect or Disco season three is a perfect season of television to us. <laughs> tell, tell me the thing watching Disco for you that moved you the most because I spent the whole last uh, episode just crying my eyes out. Yeah. So it was that one for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is heard all my good news tunes. Um, thank you for supporting us on Patreon. We love and appreciate you all so much. It's true. Uh, we literally couldn't do this without you. Yeah. You can follow at the Autos on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Bible, YouTube, mostly Twitter. You know all of this already if you're listening to this. Uh, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-F-F-R-E-Y. <laughs> Pretty much everywhere. You're like, I don't even know you. You didn't even do Anything. Who the hell is this? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. Fair warning. My Twitter is annoying. I'm annoying, but I'm, I also love myself. So like, weird balance. You're great and you love Star Trek, so. It's true! And you make Star Trek art. Oh yeah, you should follow Shop Belux as well. B-E-E-L-U-X-E on all social media platforms. Did I say something wrong? No. <laughs> no, it just sounds funny when you say B. Did you say where we can follow you? Please keep all of this. I am going to leave all of this You can follow me on Twitter at, at Sam Casey's, which is S-A-M-C-A-S-E-Y-S. I also like to talk about Star Trek, and I like to retweet Britney's art, because it's, it's really true. cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys definitely should check out Belux because she's got these, like, enamel pins that look like uh, the Star Trek, like, pins and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and they're, like, the clone badges or whatever. They're really cool, and they're, they're going to be out soon. Yeah! yeah. I don't know what the next thing on this Picard feed is going to be. So you're definitely going to want to either follow us on a different podcast so that you know what is up, because obviously we have a lot of updates, or just, you know, follow Shoppy Luck so that you don't miss it, because... Yep. And, uh... Follow us on Twitter so that... Or Aficionados on Twitter so you can keep up. You know, it'll just be me and, uh, me and Brittany talking about how much we love insert specific part of Star Trek here. (laughs) In main way. If you guys have any suggestions on what we can maybe do for, like, some short-form stuff on this feed before Picard comes out please let us 
know. Yeah, definitely yeah. hit us up because uh, Brittany and I don't really want to do, we don't want to fill a space that's already being filled by doing an episodic podcast mm-hmm. for anything other than Picard right now. But we do love talking about Star Trek. So if you have questions or like topics that you want us to deep dive into, hit me up on Twitter. That'd be great. Uh, the next uh, episode of the Oakley podcast is going to be out on our Lost feed. And it's going to be about the Wilds and why Lost oh. fans will love the Wilds. That show is mm-hmm. so good! Do you guys, are we going to be talking spoilers of the of the Wilds as well? Or is oh. that, do you oh, think that's yeah. going to no, be a spoiler-free? Oh, no, not Why free. you should watch it. I absolutely could not behave I myself can't, in a spoiler-free uh, podcast. I can't possibly be, speak spoiler-free about oh, the Wilds. Right. No, like, no. In any Because I have some for. thoughts about season two as well. <laughs> I have different thoughts about season two than yeah, everybody but, else on Twitter. But. You know what? That's fine, though, because you represent a different type of, you're a different type of person. <laughs> Wow. You're, you're, you're a different part of the target audience. Mm-hmm. There you go. My friends, we decided that we are going to take the first five to ten minutes of uh, that Oakley podcast spoiler free to talk about um, reasons why people who love Lost will love the wild. So even if you haven't seen it, I hope that you tune in just for the first little bit and then you can, you know, watch the show and then come back for the rest of the discussion. There's something for everybody in there. We'll also probably continue to talk about Star Trek on Oakley, so you uh, probably should subscribe to Oakley, because uh, Brittany and I can't shut up about Star Trek, so yeah, it's actually, I annoy us. <laughs> yeah, and after uh, this next episode, we now have to start thinking of episodes uh, of like what we're that going are to do that, that aren't going to be themed <laughs> and aren't going to be put up on the on the, the feeds, so that's going to be exciting. Oh, oh, before we finish, I want to say that I dedicate this episode to Dave, who kept Aww. reminding me to do this because I told him, don't let me forget, and he said, I won't, and he told the truth. So True. Dave, this episode is for you. <laughs> don't forget what? To actually to do, do this. this podcast. <laughs> you have to say why Discovery Season 3 is a perfect season. I was like, yeah, we'll do it. And then we did it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye.